So let me just say a few words about Purim. It celebrates the deliverance that the Jewish people had. And, you know, uh, when we look at the evil, in, in this sense, evil Persian Empire, we're talking about modern-day Iran, uh, interesting enough. And, um, but deliverance is defined as a rescue from bondage or danger. And one of the things that I always think about with Purim is that it's, it's really a story about a king who wants to display the glory of his bride. And I believe uh, that that's really how God sees us. He wants to uh, display the glory of his bride, uh, the believers here on earth. And that's our job, to display his glory. And, um, and, and he... He says that we have glory, but really the only thing we have is what he gives us and is what's from him. So one of the ways we become beautiful in our preparation, and by the way, we need more than six months or a year of preparation for the king uh, when we are preparing, uh, you know, because he requires more than outward beauty. He requires a life of humility. He wants us to practice that. A, a life of submission, a life of obedience, and a life of love. One of the interesting things about Purim is that in Deuteronomy 25, 19, it talks about that you are to blot out the memory of Amalek uh, from under the heavens. And uh, that's interesting uh, because that's why we boo Haman. Uh, whenever you hear the name Haman, you boo to blot out his name. Now in Esther 3.1, it says sometime later, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, son of Hamadatha, the Agagite. And Haman was a descendant of Agag, the king of the Amalekites. So we see here that there's a, a connection between blotting out his name. Boy, you've gotten tired of booing, haven't you? All right. Um, <laughs> So I, I want to make uh, two points here. One is that God is sovereign in this story. He is, even though his, he's never mentioned in the Purim, in the book of Esther, uh, but he's there all the time. He is sovereign, he's supreme, he's ultimate. God is the one who places Esther and Mordecai to be living at that time, at that place. He puts Esther... Of, uh, of all unlikely people to be chosen as queen, he is, uh, she is chosen. Mordecai hears the guards just at the right time. Um, God has set up all these things. And of course, just the victory uh, that God has given the Jewish people over those who hated uh, them. And people seem to know that God was there even though he wasn't mentioned. When Mordecai refused to bow down to Haman, that was about God. When Esther said if, uh, I'm sorry, when Mordecai said if you remain silent as this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, that's really talking about God. When Esther, in Esther 4.16, where it says, go gather together all the Jews and let's fast, the fasting was all about fasting uh, to God. The celebration of Purim was thanking God for deliverance. But the most interesting 
evidence of people recognizing God in the story of Purim, I believe, was Zeresh. Haman's wife. So it says in Esther 6.13, Haman recounted to his wife Zeresh and all his friends everything that happened to him. His advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, since Mordecai, before whom you have begun your downfall, is of Jewish descent, you won't be able to stand against him. In fact, you will certainly fall before him. And I believe that understanding is a recognition that the Jews were God's chosen people. So by that admission, that Ham by his own wife, that Haman would fail was the acknowledgement of why she would fail. Because there is a God always, always, in, and, and in this case, saving the Jewish people. So even though God has responsibilities, Man, I'm sorry, God is sovereign. Man has responsibilities. Uh, Mordecai raising Esther to be obedient and faithful. Esther being obedient to Mordecai. Um, Mordecai telling Esther to tell the king about the plan, and, and even if she would be hurt. Esther's willingness to be the next queen, including going through the beauty process. All of these things of obedience and humility show an attitude of man's responsibility to who God is. And Mordecai and Esther's character was both excellent. They, uh, they had faith, humility, obedience, willing to go into action, but not too fast. They were deliberate about it. We, too, are living in times which will cause persecution. We must have faith. We also must be humble. That is really hard to be humble when people are persecuting you. And, but we have to be obedient and work under authority, which is the whole thing that I had mentioned when I read that letter or, or talked about that letter to you about the virus. It's all, I, I believe this is a, a part of God's word that we are to be under authority. Yet we have to also go into action, and we have to act with faith. Um, also, this is a time, and I think it, it said it in the, in the play, where we are to give to each other. And so let me mention this. Last night, um, the teens were um, raising money not only for themselves, but they also had a separate offering for um, the boy that they're uh, paying money to uh, in Philippines uh, through Compassion International. So that's a teen project that is going on. Where's Tal? Is she's in the kitchen? Oh, that's all right. Talia. Well, that's okay. I. Well, she does so, such a better job than I do describing this. While she's coming out, it says in Esther 9, verse 20, Mordecai recorded these events, and he sent letters to all the Jews throughout the provinces of King Ahasuerus, um, both near and far, urging them to celebrate the 14th and 15th days of Adar as the days when the Jews got relief from their enemies 
And as the month when their sorrow was turned into joy and their mourning into celebration, these were to be days of feasting, celebration, and sending presents of uh, food to one another and give, giving gifts to the poor. So there are a lot of things to give to, obviously, and uh, this is a great time to do so. Because we have so much, and that's why we can rejoice. We, we have not only been uh, delivered, but we've been redeemed. You know, deliverance often means physical salvation, but redemption means uh, where God is really compensated for our faults so that we could have everlasting life. So in that way, he delivers us from sin and from death. Even though we've not seen God ourselves, you know, had a visual, he, has, he is always there, just like in the story of Purim, and he gives us the best gifts possible. So, you know, I just want to close by saying if, if anybody would like to have the gift of the Lord, which is eternal life and really abundance in this life, all you have to do is ask God to forgive you of your sins and receive Yeshua as Lord of your life. And then finally, dedicate your life to God. Make him number one. So I'm just going to pray and then we're going to close. Father, I just thank you and praise you and worship you, Lord. If there is anybody here this day that does not know you, I pray that they will ask you, Lord, to forgive them, that they will receive Yeshua as their personal Mashiach, Messiah, and that they will dedicate their life to you. And I pray that all of us will do that each and every day as a renewal of our vows to you, a reminder of you being the focus of our lives. We thank you for this great celebration of Purim. We pray for our country, Lord, that first of all, we pray for revival. We pray, Lord, that, that there would be a celebration that would break out in our country because of you, Lord, that you would touch Washington, D.C., that you would touch all the states, Father, and, and the Lord, Israel as well, and the world, Lord, we, we want to see a great revival. We also want to see healing, and uh, for those who are sick, we pray for recovery, for Linnell, quick recovery, that she could get out of the hospital even today, Lord. We pray, Father, for Rock, that he will live and be able to proclaim you, Lord, to a real dying generation, but not dying physically, but dying spiritually. And so we pray in the name of Yeshua, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit in the name of Yeshua. And Father, we also ask, O oh Lord, that you would, uh, we, well, we rebuke this virus that has people so uptight. We, we rebuke it in the name of Yeshua, and we pray that it will be gone immediately by the power of your might. Lord, you told the, the, the wind and the sea to be calm, and we, you've told us to do greater things than you. So we speak to this virus, 
and we command it to be gone in the name of Yeshua. And we pray that believers, whether it's us or all throughout the country, will be a light to those who are in fear, to those who are hurting, to those who are sick. So Lord, let our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify you who is in heaven. We bless you, thank you, and praise you in the name of Yeshua.